It's the motherfucking tanky that could. Mo man, what's good? Oh, I thought you were gonna finish the lyric. Or so. it was a, I didn't know there was a whole song you had written. I know, I thought so too. I was gonna like, little oh, it's tanky a little that ditty. could. Yeah, intellectual that. dude from the hood. Fuck that shit. Y'all done he made throws, my shit like nah, it's the Q96 on woods. now, man. Fuck that you shit. You the one that's some motherfucking, some hippie with a fucking guitar strumming along with my shit. I can't have that. You chose that cadence. Yeah. Not us. Keita, did you choose that cadence? No, I absolutely yeah, did right. not. I mean, the little, exit. <laughs> let's let's the enter. tanky that could. Let's enter. Sing it up. The, the fucking tanky that could. The Matrix. <laughs> nope. Nope. No, we gonna stay right here. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker want to hook up with a little ditty. Oh, right. He got a little ditty in his job. And the expect to get clowned a little bit. <laughs> Who are you sitting next to? This is all fire energy, you goof. It's not personal for me. It's just business. The streets of Baltimore, on the streets of Detroit, during the, the 60s in New York City. Immediately within it, you are going to get those people whose differences are not being articulated, which is right us. You expecting any backlash? Oh, I'm already getting it. Oh, yeah. How does that feel? Yo, so you already know, man. It was maybe just a couple of weeks ago. For those of y'all that are following us as a as a serial podcast, we did the South American breakdown. I love serial. So, me too. I'm a serial <laughs> fucking killer, bro. But I mean that, like, you know, give me a lot of fucking, you know what I'm saying, wheat bran and shit like We're that. We're millennials. We created cereal yeah. for, we created cereal for any time of the day. You're welcome. Come back to that. So, the <laughs> Southern Fried Stories, man. Cereal bars and shit. Anyway, right. Uh, deadly serious. Evo Morales, who we talked about two weeks ago, who uh, just re won his election in Bolivia, has been forced to flee the fucking country. He has now been offered sanctuary, political asylum in Mexico, of all places. One of the things that I'm seeing a lot of people want to uh, say about Morales is that he's a dictator. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Fucking stop it. So based on what terms? Because we're talking about a person that won an election that's far, far less fraught with uh, electoral interference than United States elections, where, like, hundreds of thousands of black votes are... You know what I'm saying? It's like, whenever you start talking about a leftist in in the fucking South America, it's like, oh, there are voting irregularities. When the fuck are there not? You know what I'm saying? When fucking Jimmy Carter is going to these countries, like, oh, no, there's way less corruption in their voting process than ours. You know, another thing they talk about is, well, he's been the president since 2000. He, He was elected in January 22nd, 2006, and he served to 2019 until he was forcibly removed. But you know what? When we think about Americans, let's talk about Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who was elected four fucking times. 1932, 1936, 1940, and 1944. Bro, can I ask a question? When you get appointed a Supreme Court justice position in this country, uh, how long does it last? I mean, it's a lifetime position, but four terms really also hides the fact that that's that's 16 years. Sure. Yeah, like, let's just call it what it is. It's not four terms. It's 16 years. And then, like Amin says, Supreme Court, lifetime. I don't like it when people point out to other countries and go, look look how long 
these people have. Oh, but uh, they don't apply the have, same lens. But they don't what I'm saying. They don't apply the same lens to where you're staying. So where that's the all fuck I'm saying. you're staying? They had to make a constitutional amendment. How long amendment. was Strong, Thur- Strom Thurmond or whatever that fucking weirdo was in uh, uh, Congress for? Yeah, like fifty Senate years. Motherfuckers being they make whole careers out of the shit. And this is what I'm saying. Like he won those fucking elections. Either you have to say. You feel like the elections were completely shammed, in which case you should be going way harder for electoral fucking malfeasance in the United States of America, which is way, way worse. The president of the United States right now didn't even win the fucking popular vote. Evo Morales whooped the shit out of the person he was fighting. And how many candidates? They, they went up against a couple, right? A couple candidates, but then Amosha also had mentioned in episode eight that it was an 88.6% voter turnout. So it's also... That, like, the United States voter turnout is... 47%, something like that. And that's on a great fucking year. It's never that when it's, like, a non-presidential election. And then the other thing you have to look at is if you're going to say the time, then you have to make those same type of indictments for American presidents like uh, Roosevelt. You know, and that never happens. Nobody ever says... Uh, Rosen, Rosen, uh, fucking Roosevelt. Rosencrantz. Yeah, I know, right? I'm like, that's my Jewish nature. I'm like, Rosencrantz is the president we need. No, I feel like fuck, fuck him. No, I'm saying this whole narrative. Why are those people never fucking autocrats, right? Because brown people, brown socialists, are always dictators. Meanwhile, the people that have kicked him out of office are straight up Christian fascists. That are saying things like the indigenous people of Bolivia need to get the fuck out of the cities and go back to the huts and the farms. And once again, right? How many progressive? Where's Senator Goodie Bags? Where, where's the American Senator Goodie Bags? It's all like, not like, you know, I think that, you know, these are terrible. What happened? No, you're a fucking senator. Where's the senator that is launching investigations as to what happened? Because this is a fucking coup. A senator has that kind of power. We're not going to see that happen from Senator Warren. We're not going to see that from Senator Sanders. We're definitely not going to see that from corny ass uh, bookers or in, uh, who else? Kamala, none of those people are going to do that kind of stuff. So that's where we are with, with Bolivia. It makes me sad because when I see things happening on the left where they're doing it the right way, they're going out there, they're winning elections, they're not <clears throat> stealing the land from the rich people or, or reacquiring or reappropriating, repatriating, whatever word you want to use. They're not doing any of those things. They're trying to make peace, and the oligarchs are never okay with that. If you win... They'll find a way to disenfranchise you. It reminds me, when was that in, uh, in Israel when uh, the, the PLO went up against Hamas? Was that 2002 or whatever? And they got their ass creamed in the elections? And then it was like, well, fuck that shit. We're invalidating this shit. Just to stay on uh, Bolivia really quick, you know, and you look at right now with Evo Morales is a, you're talking about a leftist socialist uh, appointed official, you know what I'm saying, a, a, a president. And what you're getting now is a far right wing Bolsonaro like administration in Bolivia. It's a huge swing and it's perpetuated by think of look at the resources that Bolivia. Yeah, I mean has. I think that's a great example, right? We all know the petrochemicals are going to be done in the twenty first century. The twenty first century will see the the depletion or at least the 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 lack of priority of petrochemicals as an energy source, right? Whether we're talking about natural gas, whether we're talking about, you know, petroleum, they're running out. And the 21st century, as we understand it, based upon the technologies that are popping right now, 
it's going to be the rare earth minerals. It's going to be lithium. And then come to find out Bolivia has some of the biggest fucking reserves of lithium. So, like, these are things that would have revolutionized that country and made them one of the wealthiest fucking countries in the fucking world by nationalizing those resources for the people. Instead, we have American interests and other multinational interests that are like, no, we're not going to allow. And then magically... After a week after this person's like, no, we're going to nationalize this resource for the fucking good of Bolivian people, this person has a coup? Well, I think what's also sort of interesting, you know, when we talk, we were talking about elections and we talk about, like, how elections are swayed and all this other stuff, you know, when we talk about, oh, Russia interfering in our elections via propaganda, you know, the, through the mediums of Facebook or Twitter or whatever it may be, you know, there's Bolivian, uh, there's Twitter accounts that are tweeting about Bolivia and how it's so much better and how they're so excited that this coup happened and how and all the IPs come back to the United States. And uh, if you look what happened in Saudi Arabia, same situation. They just have tons of government bots out there tweeting propaganda that they want you to believe. We know about Cambridge Analytica and all that stuff. All this stuff plays in to all of these different foreign affair and the and interventionalism and regime changes that constantly happen, you know, you just got to stay woke on that shit. Just how we talk about, you know, oh, we got to talk shit about other other elected officials staying too long in, in their government, and we do it the same here too. People in, in interfering with our elections, and we interfere with every everything. Every single, every. There is no such thing as independent sovereign nation. <laughs> Which transitions us into updates on the Chile protest. So, of course, uh, for those who aren't in the know, the unrest was sparked by a hike in metro fees. However, it expanded to encompass a lot of pent-up grievances over the income inequalities and, of course, the soaring living costs in Chile. And so, um, right now, the latest update is honestly that Chile saying, as you guys are talking about voting and all that shit, that Chile has announced it'll hold a referendum on the country's constitution following all of these weeks and weeks of protests where the protesters, of course, were demanding changes to, uh, demanding social reforms, but also a change to the constitution. And I'm like, yeah. So Chile's saying that they're going to hold a vote, of course. And I'm like, yeah, but people already said that they wanted these changes. That's why they fucking went to the streets to protest <laughs> you know this protest culture that we're seeing you know all over the world that's that's popping off right now but i think what's interesting you know when you talk about the fair increase and talk about you know it does start there like that's where you can point to like where this timeline starts but the the impact in chile goes so further deeper into the we'll call it what were we saying it oh economic uh, reforms yes you know it's like this is a country that's one of the richest countries in south america but it's also one of the most repressive. I mean, these people have been really ready to have major reforms since Pinochet took over, right, and stage a coup. And this is the real danger of the fucking Bolivian situation because you don't know if you're about to get a fucking Pinochet in fucking Bolivia. Yeah, that's true. And in Chile, um, I mean, they're saying, Chile's saying that, the Chile government, let me say, the Chilean government is saying that it's not even going to hold this referendum vote until April. You know what's it is what this reminds me of? This is me trying to create a metaphor, so please bear with me if you will. You know when you when I send you, you know, twenty dollars on Cash App or you send me twenty dollars on Cash App when we're buying, you know, Thai food or Ben's chili bowl or whatever, you know, you send me something on Cash App and I press, okay, I want to send this thing to my friend, and you go, Oh wow, I got twelve dollars for this thing that I bought. Okay, let me put it in my account. I could do it now for a fee. I could do it now for a fee. 
Or I can do it three days later. But it's like, why can't these things happen instantaneously? You say that I have to wait. Because the whole shit is to make you calm the fuck down. Yeah. If if you'll put up with this shit for six more months, you ain't going to be that serious about it six months later. But what they don't get is the flip side. It's like when this water is boiling, bro, under a fucking pot. And we going to boil on the slow boil for these six fucking months. But if six months come around and you fucking around, ain't no telling. I mean, they're... Chile is going to go truly off the fucking chain if it's lip service fucking chain. I mean, but I think it's already set up to be lip service change because I talked about a referendum, but it's not even to say like, yes, we're replacing the Constitution. The Chilean government is saying, hey, we're going to ask you to vote on whether you want to replace the Constitution, which to me, again, that's what all the fucking protests were about. And then in addition, they're asking voters to choose between like three different bodies to draw up a new constitution that's like, oh, option one is, of course, you're fully elected representatives. Option two is political appointees. Option three is both. And I'm like, the protests are based on you guys don't fucking represent us anymore. And now you're saying, hey, the people we said don't represent us, we have to pick between these two people in order to say, yes, we want the Constitution replaced, even though we've already said it. And so then it's like, okay, well, the conversation's absolutely getting controlled. It's absolutely getting delayed. And then, of course, the process to draw up a new Constitution in which once again, the people aren't getting a say in it. I think that this is the blueprint that these neoliberal countries use when there's a protest. It's like, okay, we hear you. We see you. We just don't want you to be violent. We don't want you to hurt each other. So, Yo, but they taking that nonviolent shit to a new level, bro. Really, it's embarrassing when you compare the fucking shit we're seeing that they're doing compared to like how we... Because as a person that's been to several fucking protests, what they're doing in Chile, these motherfuckers are showing up with fucking laser pens and bringing down fucking drones and shit. Like, that yeah. shit is fascinating. That is totally nonviolent. I'm not advocating that anybody try this at home. <laughs> Disclaimer. Don't try this at home. We don't support. We, I've done nothing wrong. At the same. My son <laughs> has done nothing wrong. My son did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. But hey, I know what George Washington. George I'm Washington. I'm a and I salute fucking uh, creativity all around the world. I support human ingenuity, though. You know, and I think, too, for the uh, the, the historical context of what, like what's happening in Chile now, like when we talked about the divide in the, the difference between, you know, the, the ruling class and the, uh, you know, the, the working class, you know, you look at a, a country and you can look at their median versus their average income. You guys know what average, of course, everyone knows what an average is. You just take all the numbers, you add them up, you divide it by how many numbers it is. But the median is if I take 17, 1,000, 1,008, 1 billion and 1 trillion, if I average those out, it's going to be like what? Like $14 billion? But, <laughs> yeah. but, but if I do the median, it's $1,000. And if you look at those differences, you can really tell the inequalities that exist within a nation. And if you look at Chile's, I think like in terms of wealth, they're like 12th in the world. But in terms of med- median income, they're like 28th. So just to put that in context, if you look at the United States... We're second on the list of like richest, you know, averages or whatever, but we're 19th in terms of median. So that's just to tell you, like, really, when you want to look at that equality, like what you can find. So, Mo Man, do you remember this was maybe like six weeks ago, six podcasts ago, I should say. Tell time based off podcasts, by the way, if you haven't figured it out. Uh, Six podcasts ago or so, 
we talked about how Benjamin Netanyahu, he was out. And he was not voted out. What happened was he his lost party. his majority. He's lost his majority. Right? So that's what happens with like the Knesset. It's all, they're kind of like the British shit where like the prime minister is the motherfucker with the most votes. So like if we use that system, God help us, it would be Mitch Turtle McConnell would be the prime minister. Right, I'm not advocating for their system. It's got <laughs> positives and negatives. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, whatever, voting is bullshit anyway. What I'm saying is he was supposed to be out because he does not have the majority. Right. So the blue and white party, I believe, is the party that right, won right, the right, most right, seats. Right. They're supposed to do it. But because I don't even understand why, I don't understand the true nuances of what's going on over there, they still wanted Netanyahu to be a part of their prime ministership. Because he has a larger functional majority. And what that means is the blue and white party, they, they have technically more seats because theoretically their coalition is a little bit bigger but their coalition also uses the the arab jewish party realistically they don't want to work with either one they're just like we're definitely not gonna vote for for bb you know what i mean and they're like we will throw these votes behind this party just so that bb can't have this shit but, but so he's in right but then he's out and then he's in again and then he's out. It's like fucking double Dutch, you know, <laughs> back and forth, back and forth. So at this point, the Israeli government has, doesn't have any like function right now. It's just kind of in a, a, a state of a gray area right now. There really is no government for the last six months. You would think that that would mean things like settlements wouldn't be put up. Things like raids on the Palestinian people wouldn't go up. The thing is, is we get a lot into the politics of who's at, in charge of what's going on, like the face of who, who's running it. But at the end of the day, it's the system in of itself that runs by itself that's the the skynet the shit just runs by itself you know ultron he just runs by himself and the thing is is like even though you don't have this parliament situation figured out you have the most settlements bulldozed in basically the the history the modern timeline 34 palestinians and they say half of them are civilians. Does Palestine have a military? So that's a funny game that they do, right? If you're of military age and you're a man, you count as military. That's how they how they skate. But like we already know, like even in Israel, like women serve. You know what I'm saying? So it's like even that, those are kind of fake ass numbers. Yeah, fake number. Okay. You so know? yeah. Twenty six people have have died you know it's just a difficult situation for a country to live in perpetual apartheid and then the conversation is never had about just how incredibly oppressive that is and you know we give was it three billion per to to israel it's 16 billion 16 a year sweet billion. 16 billy a mm. year mm. magnifique yeah so so speaking of uh, the idf and uh, israeli parliament and such facebook who owns whatsapp if you know do you guys know about whatsapp yeah, 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 yeah. So and if, that Facebook owns it because Facebook, what don't they well, own? They own everything. Right? Yeah. They own everything. If you, if you have family overseas, I have, of course, family overseas, and uh, especially if you're Arab, I, I, I think you may understand this when uh, uh, Amtu or <laughs> your Amu or Khalo or whoever it is, you know, they like to send you these long YouTube videos with you know Arabic subtitles about some miracle drug that you can use <laughs> or you know some speech or some something They're you know that's trying to say i love you that's true they they are trying to say i love you and i truly do love you know my family so they send me all these things on whatsapp we're always texting back and forth you can call it's a big thing like when you go and you're in you know uae and i'm chilling in dubai with, with my cousins you know it's slight you know slight flex nothing big you know now we in now no mercedes or nothing like that you know, we just in some slight, like maybe an Infinity or an Audi, you know, no big deal. And uh, <laughs> we're, 
you're in UAE, and you're uh, when you look at the signs, they don't have addresses on there. They don't have emails and things like that. They have the WhatsApp number. So when you want to deal with you know deal with somebody in the UAE or whatever, a lot of Arab countries or just outside of the country, use WhatsApp. So what happened in uh, Israel, Palestine, the IDF has sort of hacked the system because that is what they are bomb at. And they were basically taking conversations from WhatsApp. So Facebook is suing them. Facebook is suing somebody else for doing <laughs> surveillance. Is, is, is that what you just said? Do you see what I'm saying when it comes to Israel? They got the most metadata, camera, you know, domestic policing. They got the, it got it in the bag. There's so much so that Facebook literally was like, this is too much privacy infringement. Even, well, they're like, wait, it's supposed wait. to be us, not you. <laughs> right. <laughs> we wanted to sell it to you and you just stole it you for free. It. Government regulation is impeding on my free market rights. Oh, yeah, because let's be real. Facebook was like, that shit's ours. You stole our data. <laughs> speaking of data. Speaking, speaking of, of data. data uh, speaking of. So essentially what came out this week and really has kind of been developing is that a whistleblower informed um, all the news outlets that Google was acquiring medical records of 50 million people patients. They were working with a U.S. healthcare provider. I think it's called Ascension. I mean, they're going to say because we could find all of these trends and these cures and these everything. Stop it. Yeah. Um, of course, Google's trying to be like, you know, because then we can find new treatments and cures to all of your ailments. And I'm like, no. After stealing all of our metadata, stealing our medical health records is the next step in this dystopia. You want to know what my brain is doing and what my body is doing? Facts, facts. And they were working with it because, of course, um, the whistleblower said that they came forward because they wanted to make sure. Well, I mean, obviously, they identified that. First of all, these 50 million people did not know that their records were getting transferred to Google's AI. And, of course, increasingly what we're dealing with, because folks know all of this information is <laughs> much like the IDF hacking WhatsApp, they're stealing people's ident identification this way. And so now it's at risk. The thing that bothers me the most when I think about this right is it goes to the heart of what's what's at at heart what tries to happen with communist medicine as opposed to capitalized medicine so having this data to me is not bad this is like when you see automation happen in the workforce we shouldn't be threatened that robots are doing this dangerous work that's repetitive and kind of soul-sucking why it sucks is somebody used to have that job right and wh what we're talking about with this medical shit is if you're using my fucking biometrics to have a deep understanding of my bio biological history, you are able to, the metadata, see the people that are going to, in 10 years, need to have optomical, optometry surgery. You know, you're, you're able to see the kind of people that have lung cancer that, that are at high risk, right? In, in a perfect world, you'd be in a place where that metadata would then inform trends in medical schools. Whereas we're moving now towards, in the next 10 years, we're going to need to have 30% more optometrists because we're seeing the biomedical trends that are stating that humans are going to need this kind of work. But no, what do they do? They use it to fucking knock your ass out of fucking insurance. Oh my gosh, yeah. So I'm not sure like how many people remember, but in the 80s and 90s, people didn't want to go to hospitals at all because everything, like you coughing from a cold and then later you find out that you have like bronchitis or something like that, insurance companies wouldn't pay for it because they said considered it a pre-existing condition. 
even for like folks who had pregnancies, like couldn't get things done because they were like, well, your pregnancy caused all of these conditions and it's classed as a pre-existing condition. And so we're not going to pay for your medical care anymore. And like, that's the thing, because we can't deny we live in a capitalist society and that they're not gathering all of our personal medical records without our consent, mind you. They're saying like, of course, it it complies with HIPAA. And I'm like, I never said that you could have these records. And then even you checking off the form saying, I want you to discuss it with another healthcare provider is very different from you discussing it with a giant data gathering tech company like Google, but it's to find trends in people as well. And then to me, it's kind of like, because we live in this dystopian world, you're not doing kind things with our medical records. You can't have nothing. I can't have nothing. I can't have, you have to know how much fucking blood cells I have in my body. Yeah, absolutely. You'll, they'll know what your grandparents have and their conditions, which they're going to say, like, this is how we know most black people have diabetes. And I'm like, yeah, but you're not using it to cure fucking diabetes. You're using it to fucking class these individuals and groups in different ways. Who's going to profit off of that? Me? Do, do I profit off of you using Never my data? Me. Never me. They have all that money. They make all that profit, but they still lack that style. They're going to steal it, bro. So you know what? We should style on Fuck it. for me, please. Oh, you mad because I'm styling on it. <laughs> I better get Chris styling on it. Yo, on? hey, nigga. What? Champagne poppy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, bro. I thought, I thought he, hey, hey, this dude, it's starting to happen, man. The blowback cycle is starting to happen for this corny nigga, bro. So let's give him some context. Uh, if Tyler, the creator, puts on, I, I believe it's a festival, a music festival, and um, at this music festival, <laughs> there are, you know, many, uh, you've been to a music, everyone's been to a music Absolutely. festival. It's, it's, you know, Never it's a good time. <laughs> There's degenerates there. How dare. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm a degenerate. I like to be with my people. Unsavory <laughs> types. I'm a degenerate. That's for sure. Um, what I'm saying is, um, where was I at here? Oh, yeah. So Camp Flogna <laughs> Music Festival. Wait, say the name again. Camp Flogna. Camp Flognaw. Flognaw. Wow. You know, you know what uh, Tyler is. He's eccentric. You know, uh, that's corny's on the border of corny. The little tanky that could. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Here's a little ditty I like to call. <laughs> we all got bio. our corny ass moments. Hey, so then you know I said, hey, but tell me this though. So then, so then champagne poppy step out from behind the window. You step behind my window. Yeah, you know I'm saying the and curtains go up. He's expecting to get yeah, but instead trizzy. he got. So he got booed. He got booed. And you, you watch the video. It's so... Yeah, that's some disconcerting. Hey, my nigga, have you ever really been booed on stage? Yeah. I have. And this shit is soul-sucking, bruh. Like, e- even if it's just, like, one in a thousand times, bruh, that shit is soul-sucking. Like, even if the audience doesn't interact, that sucks in a different kind of fucking way. But you can be like, oh, they don't know they get to make music. You know what I'm saying? But, like, when they boo your ass, it's like, oh, we know we can make sound. And the sound we're choosing is Boo! boo. How many times do you think Drake has been booed for real, bro? I don't think many times, bro. Because he's been curated. Like, his whole experience has been the cool nigga. So, like, this shit... Everything is palatable. Like, everything's palatable enough for anyone really to enjoy it. He played that shit like a G, bro. But I guarantee you, he went behind the stage and he cried, bro. (laughs) Yeah, he had a moment. Uh, poor, you know, my my Habibi. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, uh, Champagne Poppy. I I I I don't. I didn't want this to happen to you. Like you said, sort of the implications of what 
the blowback is for especially, you know, Generation Z. And I think people who are interested in Tyler, the creator's music are sort of, it's like the, you know, he's like the the counter, the counter right. to, to J. Cole. It, I think. Also, people uh people are starting to realize though that Drake is a bit of a weirdo, bro. Cause like he's dating what's her name now? The which Kardashian? Is that confirmed? No, it's confirmed. They're romantically dating. She's what, twenty two? Twenty three? It's the young one. I thought that was Travis Scott's baby mother. I mean, she's trying to get back with Travis, but while they're not together, she's in <laughs> Drake's just on rebound right now, right? Like Dennis Robin. God, he's just so reboundy. Like it's just anytime it's like you know, bruh, you know, bruh. Every single time there was some rumor that Rihanna was breaking up, he sent a text. Like, didn't she say she had to block his ass or something? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know that's a type man, he just anyway. Let, he I mean, just doesn't know when to quit. Yeah, it's super true. But I think this like you were saying, like the backlash and the blowback of sort of Drake's Especially, I think, after my favorite project of of Aubrey. Uh, If you're reading this, it's too late. That was my favorite project of his, and I thought that was his truest rap album that he had came out with because he meant for it to be a mixtape. Then came out, dropped it as an album. I really enjoyed it. And after that was Views, and Views felt very disjointed. Yeah, he started getting a lot of heat after that. But also, it's not just that his music is kind of corny, bro. He's a weird dude. Like He was having like tech cycles with a homegirl from Stranger Things. Yeah, Like, she's... 15, 16, some shit like that. You get them in a room with like kind of youngish ass, you know, millennials are like just at the age fucking Gen Zers, bro. And they're looking at Drake like, bro, you're kind of the creepy uncle. And he's not used to that shit. Yeah. He's used to being the hot young nigga. Yeah. And you got to move and you got to mature and you got to grow. You know, there was like the whole narrative of Drake like wanting to date older women was like a part of his narrative. Like, I don't know, maybe like seven or eight years ago. And now it's just felt like it's totally reverted back. But but sort of to get back onto the point of Tyler, the creator, being this balance to J. Cole to me, because he's the mainstream's counterculture, which I know doesn't sound whatever. It's still status quo culture, but he's sort of held it down for like the weird kids, like the really weird kids who like rap music. And Earl Sweatshirt, I think, has also been a part of that narrative. Because of that eccentricity, he came across an artist by the name of Frank Ocean, who's probably one of the biggest artists amongst the young generations that you know yes. i love frank ocean is one of my favorite king of r&b even though i don't know what why people don't consider him r&b conversation for another day they expected frank ocean to come out generation z millennials cheering for frank ocean who didn't send his album to the grammys who took these record labels for all their worth and they were so excited and who comes out mr record label mr status quo and he did a couple songs and i think he was ready he's like i'm gonna do a whole set and they were like we're good Honestly, they really told him, like, yo, thank you for those three songs. We had a good time. We're all triggered and all upset that we thought it was going to be Frank. Like, honestly, could you imagine if you thought that Massive Attack was going to be the special guest and then Drake comes out? You would be you would be heartbroken. Yeah, especially since you're kind of stuck at a festival, because I would have just been like. No, I'm good and walked out. I've been here for eight hours. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, That's not what I signed up for. That's not what I paid tickets for. (laughs) This acid is a bad trip now. (laughs) Yeah, but that shit is weird as fuck, though. I think about it's weird as fuck for Tyler because that's a favor, bro. You definitely spent some cheese to get fucking Aubrey expensive ass out there. Now your fans are booing him and you in this awkward turtle ass spot because it's hard for Drake to look at that shit like, oh, this nigga set me up. He threw a hissy fit, though, on Twitter. You got me out here with these motherfuckers, man. No, it, Tyler did. Tyler threw a hissy fit on Twitter. I can't believe my fans. He blamed his fans. Oh, because he had. Oh, you know, really? he had to. He has to keep Drake in the pocket. Drake is the most important person you can have as a status quo chaser. And I love Tyler, and his music is okay. 
But, I mean, at the end of the day, he's faux counterculture, just like Cole is. Anyway, not yeah. the, no disrespect to them. Much love to them. I have I like their music. I like them as people. But as a fan of music, I also have to call a spade a spade. But it's Bo-bo-bo. all about cloud chasing, man. It's exactly. It's all about cloud chasing. It's the disease of cloud chasing. Which leads us right to the fucking new information on Instagram. Instagram is getting rid of likes for now. <laughs> you know that this is, I wanted to talk about this subject. Okay, Absolutely. <laughs> Tell us all about it, I mean. Our very good friend, Lauren Bullock, hit me up on Instagram and was talking to me about... Because I didn't know how I felt about Instagram taking their likes away. I I was like... Of course, I was so for it. Because social media is so devastating... Yeah. So devastating to young people and to myself. Ooh, to all ages. To it's all not ages. Just young people. Yeah, you're right. Grandmas are on Facebook going, why am I not getting likes on my picture here? <laughs> I, I, you, you know that's true. There's grandmas right true. now well, addicted to, to social who are media. Like, well, why doesn't anybody like what I do? Exactly, because it's boring, Grandma. You don't understand the millennial <laughs> technology here. You are you I'm on TikTok? You're on Facebook. You don't know what you're doing on there. Anyway, my habibtis, my habib, my aunts. You know what I'm saying? They're forever on Facebook. You know, liking and stuff. And I have to. Anyway, I'm on the gram, which is the same bullshit. Which is Facebook owns it. I just got it in a little headlock. Like, come here, I'm, I'm Facebook. I run everything. But uh, they're getting rid of likes, and I didn't know how I felt about it. And uh, my, like I said, our very good friend Lauren Bullock, who we hope to have on the show uh, at some point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Shout out to the homies. Shout out to the homies. Faux show kind of pointed out that, uh, you know, because they were getting rid of likes, a lot of the influencers, a lot of the people who make money on Instagram are going to be able to have uh, that t- same type of sponsorship because the likes sort of, you know, showcase the amount of following that you have. Yeah, it helps determine your engagement. It's part of your engagement rate and talking about like how much. Because I mean, what they try to, what social media tries to sell you is on what's called reach and impressions, which is how many people could have seen what you did but likes was tangible that was like how many of your fans or not your fans saw what you did and had enough of a response that they actually liked it so I agree with Lauren on this because I feel like this is exactly what happened with YouTube this is exactly what happened with Vine the moment that individuals were starting to make money off the platform the platform absolutely was like how dare you? We should be making money off the platform, not you. Even though, of course, all of these people help build the fucking platform. But because capitalism, they're like, hey, you're making money off of our shit. We're going to take away this thing that's helping you make money off of our shit, even though you help build our shit. And they're already making money because they're selling the fucking metadata. They're just unhappy that we found other ways to monetize. Which, which again, right, this is supposed to be the whole advantage of capitalism. Creating markets that didn't exist and capitalizing off spaces that you're carving out as far as a niche goes. But these motherfuckers are always like, if a dime bag gets sold, I want in. They want it all let's be honest they don't want just in because like that's what the all of the really the black youth that made money from that like really helped vine grow into a viable platform got together and said hey we want to sign a contract you should treat us like employees do this for us and of course twitter was like that's cute and then shut down vine you know what i mean and nobody really talks about that kind of story behind it but these platforms don't want a piece not even a larger piece like youtube i think realizes it wants a piece but most of them are just like no this money is ours why are you stealing our money even though it's not theirs either 
you know how you guys are always the ones, or Mo Man, definitely you, are like, I'm always having a positive outlook on this thing, and I'm like, we need to support the people. It's the people. I'm the servant of the people. And you're always like, well, there's a bigger game going on here, bro. You need to listen to the bigger game. I feel like that's me right now. I know This is how I feel about this Instagram shit, because I am a heavy Instagram user, and I don't think y'all two are heavy Instagram. I like it. I'm not heavy on any social media for the reasons you stated at the start of this. Social media is basically a metadata farming system, which we all get on so we can interact with our friends. I understand that. I know that. And I use social media based off of those principles. And I know that not everyone does do that. But what I don't like about this Instagram community bullshit is kind of the idea that it's more beneficial to have advertisers use influencers as middlemen. It's not that compelling of an argument to me. I don't purchase things off like, oh, you got a million likes, now I'm going to buy something from you. No. I feel you, man, because this shit is weird to me. I never understood it anyway, right? I'm supposed to go out and buy fucking Pepsi because Kylie Jenner drank this shit. Yeah, but we're we're talking about those big brands and not to say that they're not getting on it, but you have definitely looked at some fucking ads on Instagram. And if you had the paper, you would have bought that shit. And like that's where it succeeds. So it's not saying, hey, buy a Coke like we do with TV ads or what like we did with TV ads, honestly. But it's like, hey, we noticed that you like leather jackets based on the metadata that we found of you. We think you'll like this leather jacket. Right, right. I got no, I'm with you, Amino, because it's different though. Right. It's not because Pages was wearing this fucking jacket that I went out and bought this shit. I bought this shit because damn motherfuckers understood me pretty well and hit me with some shit. I'm like, yeah. People have the idea that because someone is has a lot of followers or has a lot of whatever, this whole idea, it's the emperor's clothes. These people have clout simply because people click on things. You know what I'm saying? A like is not, and you know what I'm saying? A like can be influenced, but it's not impactful. You know, so if I'm enjoying somebody's, you know, Instagram, it's not because they have a lot of likes, but it's these these like influencers or whatever, they no longer can mislead their followers into getting a check. Oh, you got some Gucci on, but you're not saying that you sponsored by Gucci. Oh, you got this yeah. mug. Oh, but you're not saying you sponsored this mug. You're trying to mislead the people that follow you into buying something. And like, I get it. At the end of the day, you're right. We should be with the people. We shouldn't be with the larger corporations. But I think a lot of the people that are screaming this, oh yeah, well, they're getting rid of the likes. They're just a bunch of cloud chasing people who can't sell, you know, champagne oh, to yeah. people. They took the dragon's deal, which is what you and Emoja talk about all and the time. And they're crying. And they're crying that the dragon is like, actually, we don't even need y'all. Yeah, because they want, they've that's bought into social- the capitalist but system. But that's what social media services are all for, to profit off your metadata and whatever little advertisements they can get that's what late stage capitalism is it's pure profit and when you go into these social medias you got to like just go in there with that mentality absolutely agree with yo kim was mentioning the dragon's deal and it just wanted me to remind you guys for just a second for those y'all they don't know once again the wokeshenary is live. Live. The wokeshenary is live because we use a lot of these fucking social justice terms, and I get it. Not everybody that listens to us, you know, came up in the situation where they can listen and read fucking Audrey Lord, read Bell Hooks, read all of these people that they need. So what we've done is we made a compilation of a lot of social justice terms. And where can you find these? You can find them at exitthematrixpodcast.com on any mobile browser or desktop browser. <laughs> www.http backslash backslash www.exitthematrixpodcast.com forward slash wokeshenary So all all real talk, all real talk, go fuck with that wokeshenary, yo. Yeah, and send us your, your wokeshenary terms or send us the questions that you have because I know we be using hella lingo up here. 
because we got to have shortcuts because all we do is talk this shit. So I got to tell you, okay, this is Sad Arthur. This is yeah. Chamberlain. This is so on and so forth. We got to add all of those in there. We got to bring right. them to the consciousness. And send us also the ones that you like the most. Maybe not even like the ones that you never heard of, but the one on there, you hear that shit, you fuck with that. It's like like Sad Arthur for sure, for sure. A question for y'all. I have a question for y'all. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Actually, no, I don't have a question for y'all. Let me back it up. Let me talk my shit. You okay. know what I'm Let me get my Leo gang. I know we're all fire signs. We're burning up in here anyway. A hashtag slash call to to movement is out there right now okay boomer you know what i'm saying but the okay boomer uh movement is here and uh if you know maybe like 10 podcasts ago podcast is how i tell time 10 podcasts ago i was talking about or maybe longer than that i was talking about you know i do not fuck with the boomer generation like that uh i fuck with the generation x squad i'm of course millennial gang gang yes and you know what i'm saying i'm raising my generation z babies because i love them and they're truly the future but the boomers they just be out here doing fuck shit and expecting no repercussions and no accountability. So that's where a lot of this OK Boomer movement is coming from. Do y'all have any thoughts on the OK Boomer situation? So on one hand, I kind of hate that it sets up this generational divide because I feel like it keeps us from mobilizing together and really fighting the systems and institutions that oppress us. However, the memes have been so fucking savage and I live for that shit. I mean, what what pisses me off about this shit is it assumes that we don't like these boomers because they're old. As a Gen Xer, let me patently disagree with that bullshit. We don't dislike these motherfuckers because they're old. In fact, Gen X, we remember being raised on believing that you respect your elders. That shit is predicated, though. It's predicated on the belief that if you are older, you have had more time to aggregate a crew and witness knowledge so that you know more than us. And so there's a lot of emphasis on listening to you because we can learn from you. But the way that knowledge has come out into the world with the advent of the internet, you can accrue knowledge in so many more ways that just because you're older doesn't mean you have more, more knowledge. And also, it's possible because knowledge is always changing that people that held on to this knowledge for so long and held it like it was wealth often then that knowledge is is fucking defunct now. There's better fucking knowledge. And so these old motherfuckers are holding on to shit that they think is true. Like, marry your old, your high school sweetheart. Or, you know, the job. Well, you're just not trying hard enough. Why aren't you calling all of these companies and telling them you want a job? You pick a job that you really like and you work there all of For your 30 life. years. And when you're done, that company will take care of you. This is the shit that these boomers are telling us. Yeah, true, which is why I think the OK Boomer movement just cuts that on its legs. We are so fucking tired of arguing with boomers and all of their stupid-ass advice that it's just like, hey, this is actually not worth our time or energy to continue arguing with you. OK, boomer. I mean, to me, right, again, the, the irony in all of this shit is... These motherfuckers are the ones that coined all that snowflake shit. They have talked about how the millennials killed every fucking thing on the planet. Fucking millennials killed chilies. Millennials killed donut shops. Millennials killed diamonds. Millennials killed dryer sheets. Millennials killed takeout. All of this shit. 
You know what I'm saying? So this has been implementing ageism as a weapon for the past 20 fucking years. But all of a sudden, because in the last six months, niggas been hearing this okay boomer shit. Now they want now all of a sudden they understand ageism. Ain't that about a bitch? This is about accountability. This is about a holding a generation accountable. And like you said, you know what something that I think you taught me, um, Mo Man, is the micro versus the macro. At the end of the day, when I have a conversation with a person who is older, I'm not holding any prejudice towards them. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm interacting with them one of one. Every person is one. So that's what I'm trying to deal with when I'm dealing with any anybody of any age. You know right. what I'm saying? I try to do that. Right. But on the macro level, y'all generation is fucking up. And y'all as generation a, fucking as man, up. As a man, I understand that patriarchy that is perpetuated through me and being masculine and all that other stuff, that exists. You know what I'm saying? Whiteness, it exists. It's it's if You are privileged if you are white and white presenting. That is a privilege that you have. It's not me saying that all people of this particular demographic are bad it's just saying that this is what exists on the macro it's not contested it is what it is that's the conversation on boomers and i think another thing that you were getting at is when i started this whole poetry shit i kind of fell into it. and uh one of my very good friends uh poet in the game r.i.p by the name of israelite she came out and she was like i'm gonna take you up to harlem and we're gonna go do a barber shop up there just because i rock with you on a high level and we went out there man we had a great time it was Abiodun Aluwale who had a apartment in Harlem, who he had given a bunch of the a bunch of poets in the city just keys to his apartment. Anytime Legendary. you need a come place to smoke, chill, watch poetry, listen, you know, read each other poems. Right. Just come to my apartment. You think somebody going to Abiodun saying, "Okay, boomer." Fuck no, because Abiyadun is an elder. An elder. He is a person that is modeling behavior by and large that is inspirational, that we can draw upon to the best of his knowledge. And still acknowledging there's knowledge that he don't have and getting the fuck out of the way of that. But it's very different from these motherfuckers that want to be revered simply because they've been on this planet longer. You don't have wisdom. What you have is an old view of propaganda. And I'm not trying to hear that. And I'm going to call you out if it's some oppressive shit that you're saying. And I don't care if you're 85. It's not to say that they can't have value. But also, you know, the thing is, is that they were the ones who bought into the system. The system's already paid them off, honestly. And so they don't want to understand. They wonder why we're poor. Yeah, and they wonder why we're poor. Look at you idiots. Y'all are poor. Yeah, because they were like, well, why didn't you just accept the system? And it's like, yeah, because we reject the system. The system isn't working. It was never designed to work. It's worse now, by the way. You think it was worse? from it at its start. Yeah. Yeah, these motherfuckers think that shit got better. Nah, the shit is still bad. Yeah, at the same time, on the micro level, they also don't know how to do deal and live in this dystopia that we're in because it's like oh yeah you took the deal but all of these systems are going to turn against you too yeah but they're and, not they have. and they can't they can't change it man and just let us take the wheel bruh step off let's 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 you, you know i know you want to shift i know you want to shift into a paradigm so uh Kida, are you ready to shift into a paradigm fuck yeah all right yeah as long as we are all in, all in agreement here we didn't even ask Emoja. <laughs> nah, he the one that's trying to get me to switch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we got a new stage manager, by the way, right. Emoja, keeping us the on moment. time. The little tanky that could. <laughs> the little tanky that could. Y'all yeah. are some hating <laughs> ass haters. I love you, bro. We're busting your balls because you can you. handle it, man. Yeah. You use the nin, so it's all good, bro. Yeah. What we do now and in the next few years will profoundly affect the next few. 
Ross Paradigm Shift, you know what it is. 2010s, trying to wrap it up. We're going into the Roaring Twenties. I'm very excited to be in the 20s. I don't know why are the 20s so exciting to me. It's been a long time since I couldn't have to see the 2000s or the I mean, 2010s. the 20s was a lot of gangster shit, bro. Motherfucking yeah, Bumpy Johnson. Yeah, that's me. You know me. what I'm saying? Madam Queen. Fucking Lucky Luciano. Yeah, pull out the Tommy gun. Speakeasies and shit. Get a little flap yeah, out. baby. What's up, dude? <laughs> yo, flappers. Yo, yo, yo. All right, some, some real 20 shit, bro. Do you know that Betty Boop was originally black? It was based upon a black fucking... Uh, what do you call the girls? The uh, the flappers. It was yes. a black flapper. That's Damn, the twenties, yo. Whitewash Betty Boop. Oh, I mean, come on, look at them. Look at that thick ass Betty Boop, thick than a motherfucker, yeah, bro. bro she is. You know that was based on a black girl, bro. Yeah, not factual. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. So you know, we 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 talk about the the, the shifts of how how the world has changed since 2010, and I've always thought corporations are nothing new. The Rockefellers, nothing new. Big Steel, you know, nothing new. It's 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 the same game. Things change, but corporations are really really taking over now. And the 2010 saw a lot of differences in politics and the differences in uh, this capitalism game with big tech companies and so on and so forth. So I thought it might be a good idea to talk about those companies in the 2010s, whether they're tech or not, they can be any, you know, anything that you choose, my uh, uh, incredibly talented and woke uh, partners. Um, and uh, just, you know, what what you felt really changed the game. I mean, I don't think any corporations are doing positive. So we're just going to say the corporations who fucked it up for everybody. Boom, boom. And I will start. Do you mind if I start? Yes, please do. Uh, I'm going to go with not a tech company. I am going to go with a drug company. A couple podcasts ago, because podcasts is how I tell time, we talked about the Sackler family and the Purdue Corporation also known as the creator and distributor of OxyContin. You know, they have uh, they were sued a couple months back because of the uh, in- incredibly damaging effects of the opioid industry and uh, their participation in it. And they ran the same model that the nicotine, sorry, that the tobacco corporations ran, which was a model of dependency. We are going to make a lot of money on this thing because you're going to be so dependent on it chemically that you are not going to be able to function without it. And that's how we ring you in. They knew this information immediately. And if you have any historical context about opium, you would know that this is incredibly habit-forming. And they ruined the lives of tens of thousands, if not more, people's lives. And it didn't just happen in the 2010s. This has been going on since the 90s. Which, again, right, let's bring it back to the difference between communized medicine and capitalized medicine. If you're talking about capitalized medicine, addiction is not a flaw. It's a feature. Like, you know what I'm saying? Addiction, this is great for fucking sales, the addictive personality of this shit. But we all know that the opium plant has been fucking human. The poppy plant has been fucking humans up for more than 5,000 years. There is a chemist somewhere that can break off the parts of that molecule that attach to addictive receptors. That easily could be done. What I think about as like a top three company to like kind of be fucked up with right now. And this is not to say they're the worst in the world, but it just come to my mind when I think about companies that fucking vex me, bro. And it's Nestle. And this is what we talk about when we think about like, oh, Nestle, what? In a world of Chick-fil-A is like, no, actually, Nestle is a more dangerous corporation than Chick-fil-A by quite a lot. When you talk about a CEO who has said on record that he doesn't feel like humans have a right to clean water, 
You're talking about a European corporation that is literally stealing aquifers all around the world and selling this water back to people. The average person with very little survival training can go a week without food before their body is in danger. You go two or three days without water, you're about to die. So like when people like that's right up there with what with air for me. I think about them the same kind of way I think about fucking Monsanto, a really dangerous company that people don't think about in that way. Yeah, because it's like they both agree that or they have a similar kind of feeling that the natural world can be commodified. It doesn't belong to anybody. And so it belongs to a corporation. We were just talking about Chile and the privatization of water in that country. Not that it's only in that country. But think about those types of those types of corporations like a Nestle or a Coca-Cola or a Pepsi. You know, they 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 use up so much of the fresh water that needs to be privatized so they can get it. And it's such an innocuous conversation that that goes so deep. Right. Because we were talking about that earlier. Like people don't even realize Coca-Cola has sponsored real life coups in Latin America. And you don't even think about them as like a a top five, you know, corporation. But like when you look at Coca-Cola's impact in Latin America in the last hundred years, it's extraordinary. And it's toxic and horrible. I will say this about Coca-Cola and Pepsi. They've made pledges, not that I don't know what that's worth, but they've made pledges to be like, I think water neutral. So like what they don't take more water, you know what I'm saying? that to make coca-cola than is in coca-cola i guess if that makes sense because there's a lot of water you have to pump in to like and and that is there's value in that there is value in that but then when you still you still have the sugar plantation to deal with how that affects sovereignty movements in other nations diabetes which is essentially a thing that they have created you know with this high fructose corn syrup shit I guess I'm just juxtaposing. Right. They're not overtly like, we should kill people. They're, like you said, they're in the top 10 to 15 crappy, horrible companies. But when it comes to really this water privatization game, Nestle is, you know, the John Jones of this. The Amanda Nunes of privatizing water. <laughs> yeah. Do you like that, UFC fans? Is anyone out there? Sorry. Uh, Keita, do you have a? Uh, or you have more to say, Emoja? I know you do. Yeah, doesn't he always? <laughs> In the immortal words of Jorge Masvidal, speaking from Nestle, it's your business. It's not personal <laughs> for me. It's just business. Um, so I think mine kind of combines the reason that you two listed, and so mine is actually the Coke Industries, not Coca Cola, which Emoja mentioned, but K O C H. They are the second largest privately owned company in the United States. But the reason to me that they're so horrible is because of. Of course, they fund all of the Republicans and they really kind of fund conservative libertarian policies, but their lobbying groups and particularly their think tanks have absolutely affected the course that we're in right now, the dystopian that we live in, just because they have so much money and they own so many subsidiaries and brands. They've affected criminal justice reform. They are one of the biggest climate change deniers imaginable, but also in that they've tried to deregulate a lot of the saying that industries can essentially watch themselves 
And so they've really destroyed all of the protections that kind of keep people in place because they don't believe that people should get help from the federal government. And so they've undercut and lobbied against a lot of welfare programs and programs that are meant to help citizens. And they, of course, believe that, hey, if a company's bad, you know, people just won't pay for it. And I'm like, yeah, that's literally impossible with Coke Industries because they own so fucking much. Who who got Citizens United started? What was that? I mean, yeah, they, they, they were a big part of they that. They're also part, right? a big part of the environmental deregulation and think about this they have all kinds of ties to the pharmaceutical corporations and then you have these guys like coke remember coke was a rap label for a long time they called it Koch, right and it was seven dollars an album and cameron was on there for a little bit and i think the locks were too now think about this right when 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 we talk about it's a double dip it's technically a triple dip because first you make money from all of the people that buy your whack-ass albums then two you make the money from the people that are listening to those albums and they go and they're getting all the fucking lean and all that shit because you have a pharmaceutical corporation tie. Then three, when the motherfuckers go to jail for this shit, you're deeply invested in the GEO group and all of these fucking private fucking uh, prison groups. So you're literally triple dipping on your income. And yeah, I can totally see why the Coke family, Coke Industries, fuck them. Yeah, exactly, because they have so much fucking money from consolidating and buying out all of this shit that they've completely affected public policy in their favors, because it's also the tax rate they've had a say in, saying that corporations shouldn't have to pay for it, like Emoja said, deregulation of a lot of climate protections, but also just industry regulations in general that would protect people from the fuck shit. What's funny to me is both... The Purdue organization and the Coke brother, Coke Industries, have heavy ties to the Smithsonian Museum. We talked about this a few podcasts ago because I count time in podcasts. <laughs> you know, the Sackler family has two museums, it, the Sackler, the Freer and Sackler Museum, which are basically the Asian uh, art museums. And the the Koch brothers, they're in the, the, you know, this is the most hilarious thing. David Koch, who I think, didn't he just die? Did he pass away? Can we get an information team? Can we get the information team on that? Yeah, he. so the entire renovation of the Smithsonian Natural History Museum now includes climate change as a huge part of the historical uh, exhibit. And what's so funny is the number one contributor to the museum is David Koch, one of the biggest polluters in the world. Yes, absolutely. They have been cited for it because they go around and honestly try to deregulate it. What is up with these dudes, man? They Yo. just think they can buy their they, they can buy their way to heaven. Would you like a, a bit of irony? Yeah, break it down. So he did die August 20th. Yes. Leo season. So, we stole his fucking energy and took it for ourselves. Now, let's do say fuck cancer. Fuck cancer. Fuck, fuck cancer, cancer. For sure. But he died of prostate cancer. So he died because he was an asshole. Nah. Wow, that was a reach. But I see. Around. I see a reach around. <laughs> This is what you're dealing with, Keita. Did you not know that you were dealing with young children? (laughs) I mean, I have been friends with you guys for a long ass time, so I knew. (laughs) It's true. It's true. It's just, what is up with these dudes, though, where they just think that they can Michael Corleone buy their way into heaven? 
Because, like, that's the tenet of Christianity. Anything can be forgiven as long as you pay for it, essentially. And then capitalism even is like, yeah, you can buy your way out of this. And then we keep encouraging it because the government's not making them pay. Did the Catholic Church start capitalism? Like, (laughs) nah, but yo, they had a 2,000 year monopoly on God. That shit was uh, lucrative. I do have to bring you in, though, bro, because I love you. And you're talking about Michael Corleone trying to buy his way into heaven when we all know. That was Hyman Roth. No, oh, Hyman Roth, yeah. Which is but so wasn't, funny Michael, he's Jewish. But didn't Michael, Michael Corleone, didn't he give all that money to the oh, church? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Remember he tried to consign, yeah. he like bought into the corporation or whatever. Uh, the Catholics will always accept money. But it, yeah, it's essentially paying your tithes. And, and then even forgiveness then has a cost associated with it, right? And, th- and that's what these companies have learned. Like, okay, well, if I give this much money, then... It'll be fine, and I can continue doing business. And then, of course, make more money so that I can affect the public policies that will ensure I won't get in trouble for it again. It's just a ridiculous dystopian world. Yeah, fuck shit. (laughs) Yo, but hey, uh, I mean, again, that's a whole other conversation, but like buying your way to heaven is a real thing, man. The Catholics have had plenary indulgence for a long time, which is a tax on heaven, you know? Like, I mean, and that's what we always talk about is like, there's always two sets of laws. There's like, this is the law for what happens if you're poor. But then if you're rich, if they have a fine, then that's what it is. Like, you don't have jail time. You have a fine. This is a felony speeding. Oh, wait, you can make the $50,000 fine. Nah, there's no jail time. Exactly. Uh, anything else we have that you wanted to just touch on, Mo Man Kita? If anything we want to touch on, anything we haven't got to yet here, I feel like it's really important that we exit the matrix. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that was uh, his outro, I guess. Okay. Do you have an outro, Kita? No, I love y'all. Okay. I love y'all so What's much. What's my outro gonna be? The little tanky that could. Do, 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 do.